People deluded, I'm back again. Thank you very much for tuning back into another episode of the Deluded Podcast. However you're listening to this, whether that's Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor for you cheapskates, all of these things, people, it means a lot. Um, If you've only found out about me, obviously, via podcast, then I'd like to be a shameless guy and shamelessly plug my YouTube account. I do this thing primarily via there deluded guna on everything literally from youtube to instagram deluded guna 04 you'll find everything snapchat d guna 04 so enough of the self-advertisement now <clears throat> this week people has been a weird one in the premier league because we've seen a lot of midweek fixtures apologies to wolves and liverpool fans because i'm not going to watch that game in real time i'm going to have to either catch the highlights or i believe i've got it recorded because i've got things to do so with the exception and begging your forgiveness, people, we might as well kick off this podcast with speaking about the Premier League. Firstly, I'd like to speak about Aston Villa v Watford briefly. Two relegation threatened sides, big three points for Aston Villa. And you're wondering how much has Jack Grealish got to do to get in the England squad? You'd think it's now or never. He's what, a Villa homegrown prospect. He's, he's developed and become a first team player. The person they look to to make the difference. The person they look to if anyone's going to lead the charge to beating the drop and completing Mission Impossible, essentially, which is staying in the Premier League. If Villa go down, then obviously Grealish will be heartbroken, but he's going to get a Premier League move. I'll be very su- I was surprised he was still playing Championship football when, um, when Spurs went for him, but I'd be surprised this time around, especially with England in the back of his mind, um, moving forward beyond the tournament coming up in the summer, he'd have to move. There's not much, he, he had a good game obviously, there's not much he can do to not get in that England side and someone's going to be left disappointed. I would bring Phil Foden, I think he could play in not just a cam but a midfield role. Um, I want him to go, I hope he's an outsider but he probably won't. You've obviously got Mason Mount who's gone off the ball in the last couple of games, it would be fair to say Chelsea fans, Madison surely within the chance and Grealish and I don't think, to be honest with you, I do believe Southgate for the for the England role, he'll go with two. I think you've got to have Henderson in there. I think you've got to take Winks. But I don't think he would do something like play a midfield three, um, as in Grealish, Henderson, and then like a Madison or something. And to be fair, um, that's not the best of combo. But my point is Grealish doesn't have to exclusively play in the 10 or neither does Madison. Well, Madison more so, but you get the point. And that's probably what they're being judged on, man. Um, no disrespect to Winks and Henderson. Winks goes for me. Um, you could play both. Winks does try to get things going, but he is quite limited. Um, this, we've got to do something with England in relation to our pivot. Because if you go Winks, Henderson, Delhi, for example, they've got a, a Delhi is another one who's got a goal. So, you know, what? let's stop talking about England. Let's save that for then. But you, you get the point. Grealish had a good game. Um, Bournemouth look threatened for relegation people and they still probably do and their their season's been woeful but they defeated Brighton three goals to one both seaside towns went at it and Bournemouth were victorious and both Wilson scored Harry Wilson his his future will be interesting does I mean Shakiri? you look at Liverpool don't I don't expect him to challenge their front three for a first team spot but I do think he'd complement their side very well um Again, not exactly the same, but you look at Shakiri and you look at Lalana. Liverpool will bring players in and they've brought someone in in January, the Salzburg done. But you'd like to think that there could be a role opening up for Wilson there to be part of Liverpool. I mean, they look dead on. If any, if a miracle happens, they won't win the Premier League, but I'm confident enough. 
as a non-Liverpool fan, to crown them as champions already. They've obviously won Champions League and no disrespect to Bournemouth, that's dramatically better than what Bournemouth could ever do. Um, so it'll be interesting for Liverpool. I think they've got a nice little cash earner in Wilson because if they decide to sell him in today's day and age, he's had a good season at Derby. He's given a good account of himself in the league when presented with an opportunity deadly from set pieces that's probably 40 million minimum people um at probably 40 50 minimum and in today's day and age really and truly it's all about what clubs can hustle it's not even what players are worth it's about what you can hustle really car it's a madness out here um but yeah it'd be, in, it'd be interesting to see how he's integrated next season Obviously, for Callum Wilson, someone that was hoping to get an England spot himself of some sorts. Um, you look how Ings is playing and Calvert-Lewin. Shout out to them again in another game week. Um, it looks a myth for him as well, but good for him to get on the score sheet. Um, Southampton, big three points away to Crystal Palace. Something we failed to do. They won 2-0. Sheffield United were, were quite rigid and solid. and It's a mixture of that and City not taking opportunities. But Sergio Aguero... Obviously helped Manchester City to win one goal to nil with a, a kind of late goal. Everton bottled it and Lejeune scored two goals in the last, well, in, in stoppage time, essentially. Dying embers of the game to claim a point away at Goodison Park for Newcastle. For Everton, that's very much two points dropped and that is very poor in their regards. Leicester, who've hit a bit of a blip by their own standards and r results have been, have been promising, but performances have dipped a bit. Back to winning ways in a convincing fashion. That Ricardo right back, I don't know how long he's going to be there. But they won 4-1 against West Ham. Spurs, at this point under Jose Mourinho, they make games harder than it has to be. But they claim their first win of, of the season. I think I saw a stat on BBC that that's their, it could never be their first goal of, of 2020, people. It could never be. I could, I could be wrong, but I saw that on BBC. Um, I'm sure they've scored this year in the league. But either way, they won 2-1. Dele Alli struck as well. I mean, Arsenal, we won't, we'll get on to Arsenal and Chelsea in a bit. And like I said, apologies if I'm missing any other games out, according to um, excluding Wolves in Liverpool, already mentioned people. But Burnley, boy, you know, only got a soul showing that. Boy, 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 boy. It's looking peak for United. I believe they should retain faith in Oli Solskjaer. He is the man to take them long forward, keep the faith. It's all the players, it's not Oli. Banter aside, people. Oli Solskjaer is clearly not up to task, barring a miracle. As poor as Oli Solskjaer is, people above him need to take a long, hard look at themselves because Man United have been pouring crap loads of money before he's come and they, and, and you look around that side, it's extremely average. I think, Gall um, was it Darren Fletcher? He said it's the worst United, worst United have been in, three, in 30 years. No surprise they were booed. Um, I'm an Arsenal fan, but when we cut the banter, United is a big club. When you play for United, you show bravery, you show courage, you show honour, you show the fact that you're lucky to be in that position because millions of people would kill, some people would kill their family members to, 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 to play 90 minutes for Man United or in the Premier League. And you haven't seen that over the years. This season, it's a woeful side. I'm not scapegoating any players. I think Maguire's a decent centre-half, but he's been inconsistent. De Gea, I don't know where his head's at. Um, Aaron Wambasaka has been a bit shaky. He's been decent, but in the last two games, he's been shaky. Daniel James has gone off the boil. Fred, to be fair to Fred, he's limited, but he's put in decent form. Obviously, they've got injuries and people like Lingard are, over, are underperforming. A lot of players are not cut to task on wages they shouldn't be. But the players also have to take a long, hard look at themselves, in my opinion, people, because it's Man United. Um, they've obviously got injuries and I'm seeing people like um, 
Jason McTeer, I can't remember his name, I can never pronounce it properly, blaming Pogba's influence on the dressing room for their last couple of games. It's ridiculous considering he's a World Cup winner, he's played for Juventus and won everything that had to offer domestically in Italy and he's got to a Champions League final. And you see all the footage emerging from the World Cup, What who Pogba is, what he's about. To, to say he's a bad influence and a negative influence and to say they need people more like Milner, I mean Lallana, sorry, is a joke. Shout out to Lallana, I'm sure he's professional. But when have you seen Pogba, not to bring up a man's skeletons in his closet, but when have you seen Pogba in the under-23s game getting people in headlocks? You've seen Lallana. It's funny how the narratives are changed because if that was Pogba, you can imagine how he'd be demonised and things like that. It's becoming unhealthy, this witch hunt with Paul Pogba, and a lot of things are coming out. You see poor Marcus Rashford, um, whether it's Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, medical team being negligent, whoever, I feel very hard done by for Marcus Rashford because he they've capitalised on a young man's enthusiasm to play for Man United, somewhat naivety because he's not been at 100%. You've heard for over a year he's had back problems. He's got some other like little disconnecting bone thing in his leg that needs surgery. Um, and obviously he's got the lower back strain and he faces the prospect of being out for three to five months. If you're looking for any Man United player that's had some credibility and performances, it's probably from outside looking in. Rashford's done well, especially going into the Euros. People blamed Pogba for not trusting medical staff and things like that. Lo and behold, um, you, you, things are flipping on its head. It's ridiculous, people. United, similar to a lot of teams, my team, it's a mess at all levels and people need to take a long, hard look at themselves. But sticking on task with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, people, since he's became permanent manager in March, United have lost more Premier League games than they've actually won. Now, they've lost 12 and they've won 11. Obviously, they sit fifth. And I think they're four points off Arsenal, which if Arsenal was start winning, I want to get bragging rights on my man then, really. So they need to hurry up. Um, we've won six all season, so it's not going to happen. But they sit fifth. They're 30 points behind Liverpool, with um, Liverpool, um, who have obviously two games in hand. And it's been woeful. Uh, Martial didn't have the best of games. And for my two pence on Martial, if it means anything, he's at a crossroads in his career. Is he a winger? Is he a striker? Does he want to become something or not? Because every year we hear of this potential. And he is a good player and he has been decent this season. But he really needs to smell it now. I'm not saying he, listen, he can pull United away. I'm not saying any of these individuals. It's a collective effort. Because if you believe the way the pundits are in this sick witch, witch hunt of Paul Pogba, I honestly believe, people, these guys get bonuses if they get viral clips mentioning Paul Pogba. Or every time they mention Pogba, they must get a couple thousands in their bank account. But people behave like if Paul Pogba leaves Man United, become a winning team again. And <clears throat> it's not as white and black in that. And there's problems at United deeper than Paul Pogba or any of the dramas attached to his name and other individuals, people, really and truly. Moving away from Man United, Burnley though, in fact, shout out to um, Jay Rodriguez because that was a very good goal in their 2-0 victory um, away to Man United at Old Trafford, a ground that Arsenal still can't win at. But speaking for other teams in the Prem, there's not really any fear. And to be fair, Arsenal, I used to be scared going to Old Trafford. I still think results can go either way, but I'd say the last time I was scared is when Rashford hit that brace. Other than that, brace, sorry. Other than that, I've not really, we haven't won too many. Well, we haven't won since 06 there, I believe, but... We've always got a point and we've been decent and it's been more, it's been less really of United being good and us being woeful there. And again, as an outsider looking in, when you hear Old Trafford, when you hear Anfield, can we say Highbury, but when, I mean Emirates, sorry, but when you say, used to say Highbury, when you say certain grounds, the opposition has to has to be dreading that the week before. Like, nah, going to Old Trafford, you know, Man United and that, they're going to embarrass me. I hope I don't get embarrassed. Like the game, Man United back in the days with Roy Keane, 
Ferdinand and all these other guys at United, the game, like Arsenal and Weezy now, Prime, and any other team, the game's won before you've played. People forget how mental football is. Now people are relishing United, that United game. Now people are relish, similar to playing Arsenal, relishing embarrassing these players, thinking they're a soft touch, thinking they're overpaid, thinking they're pampered. And really and truly, you look at it, can't like I, again, I don't say they're pampered, but you can see why they go, go for it in such people. Um, so yeah, moving on from United and Arsenal and Chelsea and the ground another ground that Arsenal haven't won at in the league too frequently. Shout out to Van Persie. Was it with the game Van Persie scored the last time we won in the league? But we claimed the two two victory <laughs> it's not a victory, but Arsenal fans are behaving like it's a victory. I mean, it's almost bigger than the Liverpool draw last season, um, people. But um, we claimed a point and came from behind against Chelsea and we denied them victory. It was a bit of a weird game because I think we showed good commitment being 10 men down. Good commitment when we clawed ourselves back in the game at 1-1 and then conceded a second at the death. Um, to get Obviously, it came courtesy of Bellerin having an effort, but players didn't sink and feel sorry for themselves and thought it was over. So, considering the fact that it was 10 men, considering the fact that it's Stamford Bridge, I'm happy with a point. I'm happy with elements, especially um, being when we was down to 10 men. Like You wouldn't attribute Xhaka defensively, but I felt he was decent. I feel Saka was decent. Do I really need to sit here and sing Martinelli's praises? The young 18-year-old who has 10 goals to his name being at Arsenal. One of the best signings of, of the summer transfer window, both for Arsenal and in world football. Very much one of the best teenagers in the world. Let's let him develop, but I believe he can be crazy. Um, so there's that. Chelsea obviously just didn't take their chances. Like first 20 minutes to 45 minutes, they should have put the game to bed. Like Christensen had a half-header sort of chance. Kovacic, I think his effort hit someone in the balls in an Arsenal defence. Um, Tammy had a chance. They should have killed the game. Callum Hudson-Odoi looked all right on the right-hand side. They obviously got a penalty via Mustafi. Like, Mustafi showed great. I actually feel Mustafi recovered well in the game, made some good blocks and whatnot after the mistake and, and whatnot. But the mistake is sadly all that's going to be remembered. The mistake is all that's going to go in the highlights reel. And it sums up Mustafi, sadly. I mean, Louise didn't cover himself with much glory with how he got the red card. But his hands, Louise's hands were kind of tied because of Mustafi's mistake and his inability to concentrate for sustained periods of time. Clearly, people, um, um, it is what it is with Mustafi. For me, Mustafi has to leave the club and whatnot because it's not healthy. I feel sorry for him. Beyond... I don't think he should play for Arsenal again purely because he's not good enough. But it's not healthy for anyone in their job because he clearly like suffering mentally, man. He looks like he can. I know he speaks of clouding out judgment from others and whatnot, but at the end of the day, he's human. He looks like he's very scared to make a mistake, and when you're mistake ridden and you're scared to make a mistake, you are you are gonna make mistakes even more people he deserves to go somewhere where he can just feel confident as a footballer again and do his job because you could you imagine your job i'm sure you've had jobs where you haven't felt confident i have people when i used to work in advertising i, I could be given the most basic task on words and i was scared i'd mess it up nine times out of ten i would but do you get it the race was already ran so we need to review that future. It's, it's, I'm at the point, I don't even blame Mustafi really because like, he's not picking himself. No disrespect to Arteta. And it's not Mustafi's fault he's still at this club and starting in 2020 because Mustafi should have been nipped in the bud a while ago. It's very concerning how it is January and we January the 23rd at the time of making this podcast and we still haven't brought someone in. But Chelsea lost that game card. They didn't kill the game really. The, Arsenal took, a, took a, a whole half to wake up. They should have killed the game. It should have been 3-4. When we was 10 men down, should have kept up the same intensity. But they allowed Arsenal some encouragement. 
Um, Chelsea, I'm, I'm looking at Chelsea. When they're breaking, it's like no one's joining people in the box. They need players that are silly as is going to score more goals. Potentially a goal-scoring midfielder. Easier said than done finding one, but I'd say that. Potentially another winger. Another striker is on the agenda without a doubt whether Tammy's fit or not. Um, it's, a, it's sad for Tammy because I think he, he, he survived to the end of the game, but he didn't he suffer a knock. Um, and Lampard, I haven't got the quotes to hand, but he's, well, I think I do somewhere. We'll get onto that later. But he said something along the lines of, I hope he's not out for several weeks, which would put Chelsea in danger because I swear Chelsea still sit fourth and... Many people probably didn't expect them to be there in the summer with Lampard obviously coming into the club and whatnot. But it would be silly of them to mess up that position really and truly considering they made it their own a number of weeks ago. <clears throat> apologies for rustling up the paper, people. Moving away from that <clears throat> and keeping apologies and keeping like in task with the theme of England and whatnot. It's concerning the number of injuries that are surrounding players. Obviously, Kane's out for a minute. Kane will probably be back before the season's done. Rashford is basically swore blind. He's going to be back before the season's done. So, he'll be back. But um, he'll be back. But Rashford's out for three to five months. Kane's out until April the earliest, allegedly. Tammy Abraham, Lampard specifically said, um, I hope he's not out for several weeks. But then if he is, then yes, we do have the players to cope. Um, he also obviously this was that was probably to be a bit upbeat because in in theme of Tammy's Tammy Abraham's injury he was saying he needed a striker and whatnot prior and this kind of strengthens the case but from an from an Arsenal from an England perspective for Tammy Abraham we need the strongest possible squad and excluding Kane and I know Rashford's performances are coming out wide but he he can play up front we need we need these players fit even if they do get back to full fitness you have to wonder how much are they going to be at 100% in the Euros because if Kane is back at the end of April there's enough games really in theory to get match fitness but how much fit is he going to be if he was still in the groove of things Rashford we also don't know that like just because men are back doesn't mean they're 100% and how much would that put England at a disadvantage people for me if Loftus-Cheek was fit he'd be going but I was reading the Athletic the other day and I should have said this in a previous um, podcast but um, he's obviously been out for eight months, but apparently sources told The Athletic that despite Loftus-Cheek posting videos on social media last month of his training, a first-team appearance isn't imminent. Indeed, it has been suggested he might not be seen until the latter part of the season. So how fit would he be? Would he play enough games and be fit enough to get a place in the England side? Because midfield is probably the most congested area. I would take Loftus-Cheek, but I've been saying I'll take everybody and how much man can actually go, people. It is quite concerning. I didn't mention it, but I'd also have to shout out to Fingy as well. Um, shout out to um, Spurs' LaSalle, so I think he was decent against Norwich. Shout out to Son for nodding in from a deflected cross in the latter stages of the game. Um, Loris obviously made his return and I wonder how long Winks another one keeping theme with injuries I haven't seen any any diagnosis and whatnot but he picked up a knock how long will he be out for people if anything is going to happen for him um, if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is at Manchester United long enough then apparently he wants Henderson Dean Henderson who was on loan at Sheffield United to return and rival De Gea now many people will question is he good enough or ready to 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 fight someone like De Gea, but De Gea's form has been woeful. De Gea's probably suffering from a lack of competition. He looks like, I'm not going to be disrespectful and question an athlete's hunger, but from a fan's perspective, he doesn't look like he's as hungry as he's been in previous years. And 
Dean Henderson, someone that's spoken of of England and you know United long term number one, and he's hidden no secret of trying to do that. The twenty two year old um, could be the kick up the bum that De Gea needs really and truly because Romeo's decent, but really and truly is somewhat he knows he's second choice. Henderson will probably be second choice as well, and would obviously have a difficult decision to make as to whether he would want to continue at Manchester United, being second choice after playing virtually every game at Sheffield United, but. Assuming Oli Gullis Solskjaer is there long enough, apparently the Athletic are claiming um, um, that he wants to increase competition for De Gea and he believes he could be a genuine threat to De Gea's position. So we'll see how that one develops. Former Manchester United manager and current manager Chelsea, Chelsea, Jose Mourinho. I read it. I've just read a headline that said Chelsea people. But um, Jose Mourinho, you know with him comes the headlines now. Some news reports are saying that Jose Mourinho is already facing growing unrest from dismayed Tottenham players over his tactics, long ball training sessions and public criticism of summer signing Togai Ndombele. Tottenham players have been left dismayed by his old school tactics and uninspiring training sessions. It is claimed several key players have become disillusioned with Mourinho's tactics after just two months in charge despite initially welcoming his appointment after Pochettino's departure. <coughs> Apologies, people. Uh, where was I? The report suggests Jose's training sessions are said to have an overemphasis on long balls, flick-ons and throw-ins and are too basic for the, first, for the Spurs squad. A number of players are also unhappy with the way Jose has treated summer signing and Dombile. Now, similar to Shades of Shaw... It, there are some players out there that won't play on 100%. Daniel Sturridge is one of them. I spoke with someone with the FA and they actually said Luke Shaw is one of them. Like It can come across as reluctant to put their body on the line. And Ndombele, for as good as he is, um, I'm not saying that's the case, but he's had injury issues. Is Jose of that old school thinking, thinking he's not ready to die for the cause and whatnot? Who knows? It's a bit mad, guys, already under Jose. Like, his people already. Like, he's been there for a second, like two, three months. So if that... He's been there for a second and you're hearing this already. To be fair, I'd say to the players, what did you expect? You think Jose's going to reinvent himself? The man didn't reinvent himself at Manchester United. Like, come on now. Like, he's not going to reinvent himself um, and whatnot. To be fair to him, he finished second at, at, at Man United and he won trophies. Regardless, we all know the picture, but he still did it. Um, he wins trophies everywhere. But you'd imagine it's going to be tough for him at, at Spurs and... Player management, player management, and and how you treat players is are is more important than any tactics you can ever deploy in today's football. So if he's losing them already, or they've got question marks already, as an Arsenal fan, obviously it's it's nice to hear, but it's not going to be happy for Spurs fans. And Spurs football is quite stale already, really. I'm sure many Spurs fans would say that. So when you're seeing overemphasis on long balls, flick-ons, and throw-ons, throw-ins, sorry. <laughs> It's nothing to really be inspired about. It's a bit mad, really and truly. And it doesn't leave you with any real confidence as a Spurs fan. Um, but make of that what you will, Spurs fans. Moving away from that, and let's talk about transfer rumours and transfers and things like that. Young 16-year-old Louis Barry, formerly of West Bromwich Albion. Then he went to Barcelona in, in, in summer of last year. He's now back in England, back in his hometown of Brom at West Bromwich Albion's rivals, Aston Villa. The under-17 striker is signed for a pound, a, a fee around allegedly a million euros. Um, I'm sure West Bromwich Albion will get their fee that they've been chasing Barcelona for for the lad out of that. Um, Aston Villa's academy manager Mark Harrison has said 
it sends a powerful message about the ambition of this club. Um, and it's good, obviously, for Barry. He wasn't getting much game time at, at Barcelona. He probably felt a bit homesick. Allegedly, his family are full of Villa fans. He obviously moves back to home and that might be what the 16-year-old needs. And obviously, Barcelona, you're just one of many. Villa's got a good academy, but he's almost a big fish. Maybe he needs to feel that love again. Um and it, it, listen, he's only he was only there for six months, but I'm, that's probably taught him a lot. And yeah, man, let's just hope the young sixteen-year-old can kick on. Shout out to Jay Springfield. I can never say his name. That might not even be his name. But that young former Exeter to lad um, went to Fulham. He scored a couple of goals against Arsenal at youth level, and I see he made his debut at first team level for Fulham. Also, see Unavar scored his first goal for Ajax's first team. Um, so he's doing his thing along with Gravin Betch and Ryan Ch- Ryan Cherchy, who scored against Nantes in the Cop de la France as a 16-year-old against Lyon. Allegedly, that lad's got attitude problems, but if he fixes up, he can be a terrific baller, people. Um, so I had to plug the young players there. But um, moving forward, people, what else have we got on this paper? Um, Jude Bellingham has been subject to a thirty million euro, thirty million pound, sorry, offer. Um, from Manchester United for me he's at the best place to stay at Birmingham purely because he's playing games he's 16 and he's played 20 odd times imagine how close to 100 appearances he could be for his club or how competent he could be at 18 he can make that move at 18 or 20 but right now he's playing um why would you United he probably walks into that midfield and I believe in his abilities but that pressure the team is not fixed up Birmingham's the right place for him and the move will happen it's 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 actually inevitable he is hard people he's a quality young player I've spoken about him enough times I'm not going to harp on about the lad keeping up task with Manchester United midfield targets and Bruno Fernandes allegedly has told Sporting Lisbon he is desperate to join United now I also saw a conflicting report on well not really conflicting but on the Daily Mail that said Manchester United are backing away because of the excessive demands being placed on them by sport in Lisbon but either way Sky Sports said um, that there remains a willingness from all parties to get a deal done for the 25 year old um, talks are expected to resume obviously you've seen sport in Lisbon head coach Silas say Fernandez deserves to be playing in the Premier League and Fernandez is making his feelings known to the sporting hierarchy so it's going to be a tough and long operation the window is shutting soon United might have to be prepared to overpay which shouldn't be an issue for them really based on their current situations but we'll see how that one develops Gigi Wijnaldum the 29th 29 year old who for me is one of the best midfielders in the Premier League in terms of consistency um, he has 18 months left on his um, Liverpool deal um, and apparently the club want to you know tie him down and there's willingness um, to do the thing but apparently he's drawing interest from teams in Italy and Spain now if the inevitable does happen barring a miracle in that Liverpool become Premier League champions he's won the Prem he's won the champs at 29 years of age um, could does he want to experience a new thing? Could you get a move to Juventus and whatnot and 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 whatnot? Spain, I don't know, but if Madrid and Barcelona are interested in you, shout out to Liverpool and they're potentially, if not the best team in Europe, give or take right now, based on the fact that they hold the the European trophy, Champions League. Is that something he might want to do, or does he want to stay at Liverpool for a number of years? And also, he's twenty nine. There's still fight left in the old dog. Look at Fernandinho, but. 
United, United, Liverpool's midfield is very competitive. You'd like to imagine as good as, I believe Henderson will remain in there, but as good as Henderson's been, Milner when called upon, Ox when called upon, Fabinho, none of their skill sets are really that Coutinho sort of breaking the lines and whatnot. You do feel potentially if they sign that to go like a, a creative midfielder or someone that can do that sort of thing, like if they could find, for me, if they could find a Kevin De Bruyne sort of guy that can play centre mid but can create, that would give them a new level. But that would mean less game time for a, a midfielder. And Wijnaldum being at 29, I'm sure he'd want to play. Like everybody, whether you're the top Dons or the young Gs or the main players at Liverpool, everybody wants to play and in training probably doing their thing. Um, right now he's playing a fair amount of football but situations can always change so there's all, there's always something to consider so we'll see how that one goes people but for what it's worth like I said both parties are comfortable with the situation and potential scenarios um, obviously he runs the risk of becoming obviously they they, they, they want him to renew they, he, they run the risk of him becoming a free agent in 2021 um, it is well is apparently if a substantial offer is made Liverpool would be happy to do business but they don't want him to go it's also worth remembering he's repaid his 25 million fee that they paid Newcastle in 2016 and he's changed his position not changed his position but changed his role he was slightly a bit more attacking at Newcastle and he's become a bit more all-rounded as I've seen during his time in, in, in Holland and obviously Newcastle and he's proved a lot of people wrong Keeping up with Liverpool, apparently they've turned down approaches from both Sevilla and Roma to take Shakiri on loan. The Reds are not prepared to allow him to leave in January, obviously as they're coming in to it, touching distance of the league. They're still in the Champions League and they've still got the FA Cup. There's a lot of games to be played. Um, they won't consider a loan deal with an option to buy for the 28-year-old. Um, allegedly, they value him at €30 million, Euros, which works out at about £25.5 million. Um, so we'll see how that one develops and Liverpool would be interesting to see who they sign people I'm going to be honest with you um, moving forward moving away from all of that though apparently Spurs who with Harry Kane's injury apparently they're in talks to sign 28 year old Brazilian Sociedad striker William Jose I'm sure he's been called up by Brazil a couple of times I'm sure there was a season a couple of years ago that he was decent but who knows it's nice to see Conte just going after his former players and he has signed Fenerbahce winger slash fullback, former Chelsea and Crystal Palace player Victor Moses on loan for the remainder of the season with an option to buy. So we'll see how that one develops. Recycled rumour but Arsenal allegedly still interested in Kazawa and it's going to take 4.2 million this time. We've seen 6 million, 5 million, 4.2 million. Um, whether that one happens is a different thing. Moving away from that though, folks, and Leicester are close to the deal to sign Southampton centre-half Vestergaard after offering £15 million. That's coming out of the sun. Um, apparently Bayern Munich will not take up the option to, to buy Philip Coutinho on a permanent deal, and that's being reported by Bind, Blind. And I know Barcelona have a new manager now as well, so he, I still think he's got something to offer Barcelona, really. So we have to see how that one regards. Um, Spurs also linked with Fenerbahce's Kosovo striker Verdek Miriki. Apologies for mispronunciation. Um, don't know his name, folks. So, yeah. Apparently, six Premier League teams are interested in Danny Rose. You've all seen my videos on YouTube, or have you? Or I hope you have. Arsenal are chasing allegedly Shakhtar, the next defender, Mikola Mavinenko. Mikola Mavinenko, he's 23. 
He's been looked at by City. I saw some reports today that Arteta is lobbying for two years for City to buy him. Potentially, that's because Shakhtar, forgive me if I'm wrong, they've been in their group last two years or they faced them in the champs. I could be wrong. Um, keeping up with Arsenal, apparently Gabriel Martinelli, as I've stated in my videos, is in line to triple his wages. And if anyone deserves it in that Arsenal side, then it's him. Kolajinac is 100 mil. No disrespect to him because he's been all right. But he deserves it, um, Gabriel Martinelli. Um, Danny Rose has apparently drawn interest by six Premier League clubs. So the 29-year-old's got a decision to make. He said he ain't leaving Liverpool, um, Spurs. I keep getting teams wrong. He said he's not leaving Spurs today, this season or any season. He's contracted until 2021 and he's caking until then. Interestingly, West Ham allegedly want to bring back 32-year-old former player Dimitri Payet, people, who left in controversial circumstances in 2017 to join Marseille. Um, they're also been linked with Ryan Fraser, allegedly people. Um, Chelsea are eyeing a move for Nick Pope and are considering selling inconsistent goalkeeper Kepa Aspilaga. Yeah, let's just call him Kepa. I tried people. I thought I was a journalist and that thought I could pronounce these names. But Kepa, 25-year-old Kepa, is being linked with a move away. Um, United's Chong, the young player who was banging it at youth level, looks like he's finding it tough at first team level, has been linked with Juventus and is now being linked with Inter Milan people. So we'll see how that one develops. Um, what else have we got on my agenda? Um, Mascarano has allegedly said Messi will return to Argentina um, when the football is done, when his football in, in, in Europe is done. I personally think Messi might go MLS, you know, funny enough. And I've had conversations with someone to have that certain thought on. I might put people place a cheeky five or ten around that. Trust me, I can't talk too tough. But it, yeah, <laughs> if it don't bang this claim, I never told you to follow me, but it's worth a punt. Moving away from that, though, folks, and apparently Valencia are considering making a summer move to sign Argentinian centre-back Otamendi. Um, apparently Everton want to sign Everton Suarez from Guermo. I'm all sure you've seen Hernandez has gone to, back, gone to the MLS now. Barcelona have been linked again with a loan move for Aubameyang. Arsenal would be stupid to do such and commit to such people. Um, so, yeah. Moving away from that temporarily, people, and a segment I've seen via The Athletic on VAR. And VAR, I'm not going to get into it, but I'm sure you've all made your opinions. You've all got different reference points to mention in relation to VAR. But allegedly... There is no appetite for the system to be suspended or scrapped while executives from all top flight sides will gather in London in the next shareholders meeting on February the 6th. VAR does not currently feature as a significant item on the agenda. The focus will be on issues such as the summer transfer window dates, which will be the subject of a vote. And VAR is set to be addressed only as a routine update. That will touch on how the technology is performing and the progress of consultation with supporters and other relevant stakeholders. As you lot know, VAR was used in all top flight stadiums in the third round of the FA Cup um, when, when it was obviously done. Mike Oliver obviously at the time got to consult against when Palace played Derby. Um, he obviously got the pitch side monitor and that's not expected to be wildly like rolled out in the Premier League, but it should be something they consider in my opinion. Away from that, Gareth Bale obviously in Europe now. He scored his first goal since September to help his side beat third-tier Unis Unistas and reach the last 16 of the Copa del Rey. He obviously struck on the 18th minute. It wasn't all plain sailing because the, the, the side they played equalised with a good shot from Alvaro Romero. But then sadly their player um, 
put the ball in his back of the net. And obviously, Byron Diaz, who hasn't played too many times um, for Real Madrid, in added time struck as well. Bell's also been linked with a loan move away from Real Madrid and his agent has had this to say. Why would one of the best players on earth go on loan? That's ridiculous. At the moment, he's going to be playing for Real Madrid and he's got two and a half years left on his contract. He is happy and hopefully he will win a couple more things with Madrid. So the P's are coming in. He's got no desire to go out on loan. Barcelona, obviously, in the second half against Granada people, a game I saw the highlights of um, with their new coach, Keith. Kinque Sinten, this the 60-odd-year-old, um, he got off to a winning start. But obviously, he's just got in the right, weren't really convincing. Because if you look at it, Messi had to save. They had over 80% of possession. And as you've seen, they're woeful as by a Barcelona standards in terms of building and, and playing with a purpose. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo just can't stop scoring goals. And he scored his 13th goal against Roma of the season. Um, well, his 13th in the past 10 matches for Juventus to help them get to the final well, semi-finals, apologies, of the Coppa Italia. He opened the scoring in the first half. Higuain, who's turned a bit of an assist king at times, um, set him up. Bentacor, who's a lovely young midfielder, done his thing and scored. And so did Benucci. Roma got one back with, obviously, the Turkish international Onda. On, on sorry, Shengis Onda. Um, so, yeah, people, man. With Ronaldo's goal, it's the seventh the 34-year-old has scored in 2020 and was also his first in the Coppa Italia. He has scored in he has scored in 15 different club competitions during his career, people. And it's another feat for an incredible footballer, um, really and truly, to be honest with you. Um, PSG boss Tuchel has said, the club do not lack respect for Edison Cavani after the striker's father accused the French champions of treating his son unfairly. Um it's a shame that he could not be with us. He don't. He did not feel good with his groin. That was in relation to the Cop de la France game PSG basically played. Um, and we'll have to review his future people because his father has said, I would like him to play at Atletico. Simeone wants him now, but the head coach of PSG says he needs to help him. He says he needs him to help him compete in the Champions League. I think there's a strong chance he'll go to Atletico. There's also an option to join the club in June. There are lots of other clubs interested, but when you give your word to a team, you respect it. If he's allowed to leave tomorrow and Atletico still want him, I think he'll sign. He's a player who needs time to play, and at the moment, he only plays four or six minutes per game. PSG are treating him unfairly, so we'll see how that one goes. Moving back to agent talk, people. Leading agents such as Mano, Renola, Jules Mendes and Jonathan Bennett, Barnett, sorry, have threatened FIFA with legal action over plans to cap transfer payments. In September, if you know, FIFA announced plans to limit agents of selling of the selling club to a maximum of 10% of the transfer fee. In addition, the FIFA want a 3% cap of the player's fee and a 3% cap of the player's fee for agents of the buying club. Barnett has said, we want fairness. FIFA should recognise us and treat us in a proper manner. No one from FIFA has ever been in my office or had a conversation with me. If you ask the players what they want, they are in favours of favour of agents. The, there are never complaints about agent fees from players. We will try until the last minute to resolve the problem, but rest assured, if necessary, we'll go to every court in the world. Um, interestingly, people, in the last year alone, football agents earned four 498.2 million in fees four times that in 2015 and to be fair there's a lot of rogue agents but there's a lot of good agents people 
There's bad guys in the FA. There's bad guys in every in fee for every organization. There's 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 crooks at youth level, people. If you, I wish I could talk on the stories because agents always get a bad rep, and I'm not always blaming them, but we don't see all sides. Per- personally, if the agent's good and he acts in the best interest of his of his client and genuinely wants to do that, and then looks to get his money and make his money, then there's nothing wrong with that. Because these clubs play games, people. Um, they play games. They tell young players and young players in particular, you're not playing unless you do this. Trust me, if your man agent cares about you, he can do a lot for you. People don't always see the other side, and I don't. But I, I, FIFA officials should have. I wonder how FIFA officials would react if they had their salaries capped. If you're for me, obviously there's a lot of rogue agents. Um, but if you're acting in the best interest, if you make results, then there shouldn't be. You should be allowed to earn whatever you want. Again, there's rogue agents, and there is something to be said with cleaning out those agents who only care about money as well as the bad eggs in clubs in all top to bottom in different environments but yeah people man um that's an interesting one um i believe the premier league is taking a back seat because we've got the fa cup we've got f we've got the fa cup this weekend and monday for arsenal fans if i just type in the fa cup on my phone um i can bring up the fixtures so we can round and end this off folks well, Watford are playing Tranmere right now in a replay. So right now, Watford and Tranmere are playing a replay. That's eight minutes in. It's currently nil-nil. QPR and Sheffield Wednesday play tomorrow. Northampton play Derby tomorrow. On Saturday, you've got Brentford v Leicester. You've got Portsmouth versus Barnsley. You've got Newcastle against Oxford. Premier League teams, Burnley and Norwich will face off, as will Southampton and Spurs at St Mary's. You've got Reading v Cardiff. You've got Millwall against Premier League side Sheffield United. Coventry against Birmingham. West Ham against West Brom. Fulham against Chelsea on Saturday evening. Moving on to Sunday. It says Man United TBT. So I don't know for the United's game. It's not showing their opponents. Um, Man City will be playing Fulham. Um, You've got Shrewsbury Town against Liverpool. Which is good for Shrewsbury players and fans to welcome Liverpool to their bits. And then finally, last to play will be Arsenal as we travel down the coast to play Bournemouth and Eddie Hellsman, who should be resurgent of sorts because they claimed a 3-1 victory at Bournemouth, um, at Brighton, sorry, in the Premier League. So we'll see what everything is saying, but it's been a lovely podcast with you guys, man, but I'm going to have to love you and leave you. Like I said, make sure you check out my YouTube content, make sure you're following all my socials. It means a lot for those of you that mess with my podcast and mess with my other content. But like I said, I'm going to have to love you and leave you. Like I said, it's been a pleasure. People, DG, I'm out. Thank you for listening.